The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in exactly the right place. I promise you that. The buzz today, simply simplicity. Aha. Let's get started. No one asks for a more complicated life. I certainly didn't, and I'm sure none of you did. But here we are. We're leading busier lives, more complex than ever before than we ever dreamed. Maybe they're more fun. Maybe they're more interesting, but they're sure complicated by many, many measures. But take Take heart. You and everyone in your organization, in your business, in your company, in your industry can help simplify all of this. How? By participating actively in shaping simplicity in design. doesn't matter your role, your function, your industry, where you are. You're probably scratching your head and saying, what is she talking about? Well, let me tell you how. First of all, in your organization, make simplicity a quality measure. We'll explain later in the show. Stop adding more product features. My good. That's not what people want. Start listening to your customers, understanding what they need. What is the marketplace really asking you to produce and provide? Very, very important. But you know, it sounds interesting, but you want to know what the business benefits are? Well, think about it. If you know what to make, and why to make it. It'll help you bridge that innovation gap and drive ROI. We know what that is, return on investment. It still matters. Yes, it does. To your stakeholders, your shareholders, your investors, and everybody in the company. Ready to learn more? I have a panel of experts who are going to help us figure this all out. No matter where you are, you really want to hear this show. Very, very important. Our topic, if you haven't guessed, is the importance of simple design. One action word, participate. Let me invite my first panelist on. She is Sana Salam. She is the founder and president of Sodalis Solutions, that's S-O-D-A-L-E-S. And Sana has sent me a wonderful quote from Albert Einstein, who is our most frequently quoted person here or no longer here on all of our Game Changers radio shows. Here's the quote. If you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't understand it yourself. I think I'm guilty as charged. Sana Salam, welcome. How are you today? I am doing fabulous. Good morning, Bonnie, and thank you for having me. It's a beautiful day, and uh, thank you. We're delighted to have you. So, Sana, you picked this amazing quote from Einstein. Einstein consistently amazes me. So many of our panelists find interesting quotes, and this is a beauty. So tell me how you found this quote, and how does it relate to our topic of the importance of simple design? I think there's a very deep and intelligent message behind this quote. And basically what it says is that nature is simple. 
everything in this universe is simple at its core. And the level of our wisdom and intellectual understanding about anything, whether it's politics, economics, science, art, music, is reflected by our ability to simplify it. So simple that we can explain it to a six-year-old. So that's what it's trying to say, that you need to just understand the core principle of any topic, and that's where the core message is. And if you have gotten yet understanding, that means um, you've, you've nailed down simplicity. Sana, very, very interesting. You know, there, there used to be, and probably still in reruns here in the U.S., a show called um, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And I, I think that was probably where it was coming from, although some of those kids were really, really, really smart, and I couldn't answer some of the questions they did. Uh, question for you is, when, we, when I talked in my opening about everybody should participate, how do we change our mindset from, wow, look at all these gadgets and look at all this technology, to... I really can be part of simplifying. Is this going to be a major shift in mindset for everybody just to understand that they can do something about it, Sana? Absolutely. I think that uh, the people have begun to understand that everything is becoming overly complicated. And uh, one way that I always do a checkpoint, and I do it within my uh, you know, day-to-day task as well as to whatever I'm doing, I'm trying to, ex- I try to go and explain it to maybe teenagers. And I see they always ask me the best questions. And this is for me one of the checkpoints to kind of audit and, and check my own self if I'm making mm-hmm. things overcomplicated. So absolutely, I mean, this is where everything is going. And, and also because it, this is one way we are going to align our products and services with our emotions and make them in sync with it, which means we'll become more happier and drive better businesses. Interesting. The idea of business, profitability, and emotions all in the same sentence is probably having a lot of people saying, oh, come on, get real. But we'll talk about more later. Thank you, Sana, for a great opening for our topic. And let me introduce our second guest. It's Tom Lamar. He is Director of Strategic Innovation at THINK, T-H-I-N-K, all in capital letters, interactive. And we have a wonderful quote from Leonardo da Vinci, courtesy of Tom. The quote is, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Well, how elegant is that? Tom Lamar, welcome. How are you today? Very good. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Thank you for joining us. So tell me about this quote. Well, I owe credit to my design colleague, the director of experience design at Think, Michelle Berryman, for alerting me to this quote. And quite simply put, it is exactly what it says. It's Five words, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, and it seems to be true more and more. So when we say ultimate uh, sophistication, are we trying to say that you can, let me back up, sophistication and complexity, is there any relationship between those two words? Because that's what we're trying to achieve here is how can businesses simplify even with keeping what the what the customer wants, what the industry needs, what the marketplace is demanding, uh, and and still keep the bottom line healthy. So, how does sophistication fit into this? Well, in this case, sophistication implies that a lot of thought goes into making something simple. It is complicated to become simple because there are so many opinions in a given profit environment. So, when business is trying to create a relationship that is better between their products, their experiences, and consumers, users. What it takes is a lot of opinions to be filtered down to a single message. And the complicated thing is 
keeping everybody happy in that process so that no one feels alienated from the design process. Others are involved and enrolled in it, but you end up creating a single keynote that makes really good sense to the consumer and is clear with no duplicity. So taking many, many opinions and getting them down to one single message is a sophisticated effort. Thank you. I love that. And I like when you said just a moment ago, Tom, uh, it's very complicated to achieve simplicity, something in that order. Very, very interesting. I think we need to paint that on the side of a building or crochet it on a pillow because it really makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much. Good to hear from you. And let me bring on our third panelist. It's Martin Wizowski. He is the chief designer of global design for SAP in Berlin. And Martin has sent me a wonderful quote from Tim Brown at IDEO. IDEO. And here's the quote. Design is too important to be left only to designers. Amen. Welcome, Martin. How are you today? I'm very good. Uh, wonderful. Unusually nice evening here in the capital of Germany. So talk to me about your quote, Martin. Yes, uh, it, I just love it. Uh, it touches actually another quote uh, that I like, that design is uh, not a department, it's behavior from David Milne. Um because I think, you know, it's, uh, it's a way of thinking that we all need to acquire. It's becoming somehow a basic literacy that to, to understand the purpose and the effect of the whole product or service, whatever you put on the market, uh, where, where your contribution is a part. And we need this uh, kind of thinking with, with an empathy for the user, uh, basically regardless of your function or role. Um, and it's not only about getting more designers uh, in there. It's actually to get more design thinkers in all departments mm -hmm. into this area. Uh, because I don't think nobody, nobody could say, should say in your organization that, you know, I did my part. It's, it's not my fault. Because if someone do, um, sometimes you, you need to change something there. And uh, I think successful, uh, you know, modern apps, uh, deliveries just a greater thing than the sum of its parts and, and I think uh, being a part of such a mechanism it's, it's an extreme pleasure and satisfaction for, for this better user experience so yes design is too important to be left only to designers I appreciate that. Interesting that our topic is asking everybody to participate, and that's our theme. So thank you for that great quote, Martin. Let me go back to Sana Salam, the starter of our panel today. And Sana, I have a very important question for you. What's in your cup? What are you drinking right now, or what do you plan to drink after the show? Go ahead, Sana. Well, I am in my hotel room in New York, and I just brewed a fresh pot of coffee, so I'm just enjoying that right now. <laughs> Tell me what kind of coffee. We want to know more. Is it caffeinated? Is it is it high test? Is it caffeine free? Is it does it have a special flavor? Give me a little more. <laughs> the caffeine free coffee, I don't even consider that as coffee. So Ah purist. A, it's a strong dark roast coffee and the aroma is everywhere and it's just beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Thank you very, very much. You put anything in it? Any sweetener? Any cream? Any milk? Anything flavoring? I, I like my coffee with sweetener and two creams, and uh, and that's about it. Yeah. Thank you very much. We just wanted to get to know you a little better. Thank you, Sana. <laughs> and I'm glad we have a little bit better weather for you here today in New York. We I put out the message. She's coming to New York. Make it make it good for her. Okay, Tom Lamar. <laughs> what are you drinking today, Tom? Oh, it's uh, it's not very sexy, but it is what's uh, in the cup. And I made a um, Chemex pour over, 
of Fresh Ground 365 Whole Foods brand Organic Pacific Rim Vienna Roast. It is a dark but fruity coffee, and it does the job. It is a middle-of-the-road roast on the darker side, and the organic beans, I think, are a little bit less acidic than a lot of the other options that are out there. Sounds wonderful. I'm very sensitive to an acidic flavor in my coffee as well, so glad to know that. Thank you. And that was certainly a mouthful, the name of the coffee and the blend and the brew. Good for you. <laughs> and Martin Wazowski calling all the way from Germany. What time of day is it? And I don't know if I want to ask you what you're drinking. I think it's late afternoon. Talk to me, Martin. Yeah, it is. It's 4 o'clock, and I just want to taste of your coffee, guys. It sounded wonderful, <laughs> really. I'm, uh, right now, I'm on the, a little bit on the boring side, refreshing myself with, a, with, a, with some cold water, but uh, I can promise you that when I get home tonight, uh, which will be in some hours, uh, I will have a good glass of port wine, you know, red port wine. It's something that I find very sweet and strong and relaxing. You know, it's both wine but it's also a little bit of a dessert like uh, after a full meal of, of a work day sort of speak and uh, that's what i will enjoy probably with a little bit of cheese Ooh, what kind of cheese goes with port uh, this we want to know what's your recipe <laughs> it will be strong cheese uh, you know or several sorts uh, that we always keep uh, at home with some hard bread i don't know if you know the swedish bread knäcke bread and a little bit of honey to that, to you know, to accompany uh, the, the sweetness in the port wine. So that's that's going to happen tonight. I think everybody is going to Martin's house. <laughs> okay, Sana, Tom, get on a plane. Dave Fowler, Katie Mosier, Mark Levis, we're going to all meet at the airport and go, go to Martin's house for cocktails, port wine, cheese, and, and Swedish bread with honey. I love it. Thank you very much. <laughs> that certainly took took the top here. Uh, Dave Fowler, by the way, sponsor of this series, The Future of Business with Game Changers, is drinking a custom blend of Tavana tea. He doesn't elaborate more than that because he's on Twitter and we have to keep it short and sweet. Katie Mosier. If you want to let me know what you're drinking, and Mark Labez, if you want to also tweet something about what you're drinking, we'll do it at the next segment. Guess what? I'm going to give my panelists a break because we have a lot of work ahead of us. When we come back, we're, we're going to have Sana Salam at Sodala Solutions. Join me to start off the roundtable. We're going to have a 30-minute conversation nonstop, and we're talking today about the importance of simple design. Participate. That means don't just sit there and say, life is too complex, and my company's too complex, and my marketplace is too complex. Do something about it. Become a designer for the moment in the moment. Be engaged. We all have a part in this. Yes, we do. So we'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. By the way, I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be right after the break. Brad out. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Factors as diverse as business simplification, insights from growing volumes of data, the new global pool of talent, resource scarcity, 
business networks and supply chains, and the ever-present need for speed are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. The Future of Business with Game Changers is presented by SAP Services. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Future of Business with Game Changers. And the future is right now. I have a couple of shout-outs on Twitter from uh, two of our people at SAP who were part of the Twitter party today. Martin Labez says, uh, he's, Mark Labez says, Martin Wazowski is making everyone hungry. There you go, Martin. I'm not the only one. We are coming for cocktails. And Katie Motor says, thanks for the shout-out, Bonnie. I'm drinking a cup of chai spice black tea, my new favorite. Thank you, Katie. She's instrumental in helping us put these shows together. So time for our roundtable. We have a lot to discuss. Our topic today is the importance of simple design. Participate. That's a call to action to every one of you who's listening. And tell your colleagues. You can all do something about it. Sana Salam at Sadala Solutions is going to kick us off. And let's see. Sana, I'm looking at your notes from before the show, and I have, a, I think, a great place to start. You say design is not something superficial. It's not a nice-to-have. Simple design drives return on investment. So let's talk about that. Why is it so important to businesses, and why does it impact the bottom line? Go ahead, Sana. Very good. Very good point. So thank you. So I think one of the things we need to understand is that complexity creates waste, and waste slows us down. And the way marketplace is changing today is changing at lightning speed. Companies are really struggling to find their internal dynamics um, to really keep up with this change. They're still rigid, and that's because of all the complexity. So simple design does exactly that. It makes companies agile and helps them move faster. And because of that, um, they're able to not only respond to the outside marketplace, but also have a higher throughput, um, have a better customer service, have better um, employee satisfaction, and lower their costs because they're able to do things faster. So that's where the ROI effect of design comes into place. It's not just some artwork or some color coding or something nice to have. It's the fact that uh, b- making things simpler or making the user interaction simpler is going to uh, let companies get things done faster and be um, be aligned with the outside marketplace, be more competitive. And that's a, that is a tangible benefit of simple design that, that companies need to think about. I always tell people to think about what's the cost of not having a simple design, and that is that you're going to uh, lose on user adoption, and you're going to maybe lose, uh, you know, on customer retention. So those are the things that companies need to think about. 
Sana, thank you. I have a question for you before I invite Tom and Martin to join us on this part of our topic. Sana, whose job is it? We talk about getting people to participate and everybody has a role and and we're making that case for everybody as part of solving the problem of getting away from complexity and getting into simplicity. But whose job is it in a large organization or even an SME, a mid-size organization to say, okay, everyone, we have become too complex. We are burdened and laden down with complexity. It's time to lighten it up and, and get that ultimate sophistication of simplicity. Who says that to the people that we're shifting gears and we're in a new mode of thinking, design thinking? Whose responsibility is that to start the conversation, Sana? Well, technically or, or, you know, by principle, it should be everyone's job. It should be top down, top down, bottom up or sideways. All, all the, it, across a, a organization, it should be a culture. But in practical experience, what we've seen is that usually, um, the COO or the operational officers are more driving this initiative across the company. They're bringing the IT and business users together to really drive a simple design. And that's because they have this one of their quality measure, which is uh, being able to do things much faster and improve operational efficiency. And they have understood that simple design will allow them to do that. So practically, in our experience, it's been really the uh, chief operation, operating officers and other operational man- managers who are driving it uh, today. Thank you. Great. Tom Lamar, join us from Think Interactive. What do you think about what Sana has put on the roundtable here? I think uh, she ha- she has a very good opinion about um, how it impacts business. Um, I'm not sure I always see that the operations officer is enough involved in the company activities to know when things are getting complicated. And I and I feel that while I think it's probably true that it happens a lot that way, it has to come, like she said, in all directions. And I think in some cases, in practicality, it is coming from the bottom up, from the engineering teams or from a product uh, you know, a product manager, someone who's actually directing a product and engaging with customer-focused research or doing the customer discovery process that begins to see a product has become too complex or a process has become too complex. And what we're seeing in companies like well, let's just call them large corporations that have mm-hmm. distribution networks that are engaged in online sales, distribution of product, have incredibly complicated distribution networks, and the customer relationship can get lost in the getting done of everything, distributing things and that final mile. So it's in many cases, it's the people that are delivering a p- package or a product or that are overseeing logistics that can say, hey, wait a minute, we've got a problem here. It's too complicated. Okay, Martin Wazowski, talk to me. What do you think about what uh, Sana and Tom have laid out for us? Very interesting, two perspectives. I mean, Sana said, you know, everybody contributes, uh, but there's certain people that might be accountable for it. And, and Tom said that, look, we need to, to, to look at it from a product perspective, from actually a delivery perspective. I agree totally. I think uh, I think we need to set accountable people in place in our companies, especially in IT companies. So a chief design officer is something that you might need. You might consider an organization that drives this. And the, the strategy to, to, to put in place there, it's not only a, a, a driving this culture, driving the, the, the whole thing. I think Tom nails it. It must be a, a tactical, everyday uh, responsibility of people to, to you know, deliver quality um, uh, that, that they always did. But 
there's new parameter of quality of a product or a service, whatever you deliver, and that's the user experience of it. And people must be responsible, must feel that it's really fun, interesting, and engaging to deliver this extra quality. Quality, it's not, not, not only the functions you stuck uh, on each other, it's, it's not only the time and the, and the, the business around it that you, that you meet the KPIs there. Actually, UX can be measured, and I think we need to input that into organization, into the delivery systems, to our projects and processes. Martin, great points. I, I have a question for you. Let's say you come to work on a Monday and your managers are sitting around and they say, okay, everybody get in the conference room or get in the auditorium. We're going to have a new way of thinking here. From right now on, we want you to all contribute an idea of how we can make things less complex. What do you think the response would be if more information isn't provided on exactly what that means? You think everybody's going to figure, well, how can I take one sentence out of my report or how can I make the titles of my white paper shorter or how can I use only tweets and not, not communicate on Facebook where it's, it's an endless amount of text? What would, what would the response be to the average person working in any kind of a company? What do you think they would say? Bonnie, I think uh, I think we recognize the scenario here. Um, I think the normal response would be, "What? I don't know what to do here." And by the way, if I did, I don't have time. It's not in my agenda, um, and that, ah. that could be a problem. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's time to start thinking on a bigger spectrum. So for sure, your leaders, your, your executives can say, uh, all right, we are a UX-driven development company. That's good. But you have to have these strategies. These, you have to enable your grassroots to act. And if you ask them, look, solve complexity, have a UX user-driven mindset, well, present the user to them. Make these connections. Make mm-hmm. them bring tools for empathy to be you know, brought into the product, to the product quality. Uh, start using methods that we have already, like design thinking, which is it's a wonderful method that, that works, or any flavor of that. So just asking them to do something like that might even put them off. I rather would invite them to a new way of thinking, make them mm-hmm. curious, show examples where it worked well, show examples where small or big teams met up with different kind of skill sets to, to, to make UX come through uh, to, to delivery and show, look, they did it like this. They thought differently. How would you do this? Try, give them time to experiment, you know, associate these ideas, and maybe then in the long run you will have an effect. But it's nothing you can ask, can I have it on Friday? It will not mm-hmm. That was exactly the point I was trying to make. And you brought up two more E-words. I think Sana mentioned the word emotion, which I said earlier in the show. So a lot of people doesn't make any sense in the business context, in the business conversation. You brought up empathy and you brought up effect. So we have the effect of empathy and emotion. I, I like that. I'm keeping track here somehow. Uh, thank you very much. Sana, anything you want to add to this point before I move on to something from Tom Lamar's notes? Actually, I uh, really like what Martin just said about uh, design thinking because that's something that I'm completely in love with because when we work with customers, they're basically lost and way to begin the simplification process across their company. And design thinking helps them discover exactly that and, and really helps them get through uh, the, the whole uh, solving the complexity issue across the company and whether it's a big problem or a small problem. So it's a very interesting uh, thing to look at and companies to adopt as a, as a framework or as a culture. Thank you very much, Sana. Good conversation. Guess what? 
We have not defined one of the key words in this conversation, and I love to do what I call level set. So, Tom Lamar, I'm looking at your notes, and you are taking us back in history to the de- derivation to the uh, etymology, I think is the word, etymology, I don't know which, which mology we're talking about here, the study <laughs> of language, and you say design for Middle English is D-E-S-S-E-I-G-N, to have purpose, and implies that we are all designers. Why don't you take us through a little bit of this word play here, the, the meaning of design, the meaning of simplicity, the history of the word simple. I think the listeners would, would love to have this background. So, Tom, I'm turning it over to you. Thank you. Yes, the word design we use a lot in our world. It is more and more needed. It originally, even prior to the Middle English and Middle French use of the word design, design it was designare, or de, de means out, and signare, or from signum, means mark, to mark out, or choose, to make a choice, a conscious action that was signified by a result. And I think when we look at our society today, what has become somewhat complicated is how many different chances we have in a given day to make a choice. And so what feels complicated, what feels less than simple, is how many choices we have to make. What we will begin to see more and more of, I believe, as an industrial designer, is that products are beginning to think for us or anticipate our actions. And they are picking up data points about our daily activities, our online behaviors, our driving patterns, our daily in and out. The Nest is picking up home activity. And all of these connected devices are beginning to know where we are and what we're doing. And we'll begin to remove the need for so many choices in our lives. So we will be designing out decisions so that we can enjoy our lives a little bit more for ourselves. Thank you. History of simple. Let's add that one. Simplest from the Latin, meaning one fold. What does that mean to us in our in English today? Today, I think it means less duplicity, not having two features that we don't need or mm-hmm. multiple points that you can interact with a given product. We get confused by having too many places to be asked to make a decision. Be clear. If a, if, a, if a service or an experience is, leaves us with a feeling that we don't like, you, 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 we've all heard the quote, people are not going to remember what you said, people won't remember what you did, but they will remember mm-hmm. how you made them feel. Yes. That's what we want to do is leave single, easy-to-understand feelings from experiences. Interesting. I think that's a Maya Angelou quote, and she is a frequently quoted person on our shows as well. Thank you, Tom. Martin Wazowski, talk to me. What do you think about uh, these definitions and and the implications of design and simple in our world today? Absolutely wonderful. Uh, Tom, I've been working with this uh, design equals purpose uh, message quite some time, so I'm delighted to hear it again from someone else, and you you explained it. A little bit better than I usually do. Um, I think it's uh, demystifying that the word design. I, I think uh, being a designer myself, I, I often meet uh, people who say, you know, so so you guys do this mystical stuff and out comes beauty. And I usually stop and wait a second. Not at all. Uh, this is, we we live in a uh, 
strict economy. We, we have a purpose of what we do. There's a customer, there's a budget, there's a time, and I'm just one part of this. This is, again, coming back to design. It's too important to be left only to designs because it's a bigger purpose. I mean, we're touching most of the world's GDP with our products. Look, we have to sit down and make this human. And speaking of humanizing software, in, in my case at least, you need to get people into the center of it. What is the purpose of your doings? What, what is your situation? What is the purpose of what you do? Can we design around it together? And no designer can do it alone. And you, you need to sit down and de-aggregate the problem, de de decompose, and then reassemble, and then present it again, and then iterate, because it's probably wrong the first time. And if you're lucky, it's in wrong such a way, so you can put it back together and go on and on. And this is basically the core of design thinking, to purpose it to a simpler and simpler and simpler uh, perspective for this end user that says in the end, all right, this is exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I just love this, uh, this from a blog that I unfortunately don't remember who wrote. Someone said, you know, the real work to be done is not adjusting margins in a Word document. It's actually writing a love letter or maybe a business contract. That's what you do. But fiddling around with all these buttons that doesn't fulfill your purpose, your designs. So I totally support that. It's right on spot. Oh, Martin, that's funny because I opened with no one asked for a more complicated life, and here we are with all of these buttons and choices. And, and uh, what did we I said, uh, what did I say also in the opening? Stop adding more product features. And what do they give us? They give us more clever ways and tools and shortcuts and push this. It reminds me of, of back in the day, uh, way, way back, many decades ago. I believe uh, my mother-in-law at the time gave me a gift of go and get a new washer and dryer, she said to me and my husband. And we went to see and we picked out a washer that had at least, oh, I don't know, 12 different buttons on it and all of the cycles. And we picked a dryer with it'll do the gentle and it'll almost fold it for you and it'll kiss the sheets for you and it'll almost make the bed for you. It was fabulous. And you know what? I ended up using one or two buttons only on the washer. Didn't even touch the other ones. I didn't need that much complexity. I just needed my laundry clean and it was okay. That's what it reminds me of is we were, this was 40 years ago, we were making things so complex because Martin and Tom and Sana, we thought that us, we the consumers, wanted that sophistication, borrowing from Leonardo da Vinci's quote shared with us by Tom Lamar earlier. We thought we wanted, wow, look at me, I have choices. And now we're saying, ah, oh, just think it through a little more better and more elegantly in the beginning and give me something that makes sense. Sana, talk to us about these definitions, design and simplicity. Anything on your mind? Absolutely. Well, I want to speak from a customer experience. And one of the things that we're doing right now is we have a customer and they have um, given over 100 choices to their uh, call center agents when they're making recommendations to their customers. And this has created not only stress, but also demotivated some of the employees that they have to go through all this research process while making uh, recommendations to their customers. And uh, uh, we are we are bringing simple design there with the help of these call center agents. And, and with that, we're actually making the choices less to just bringing them down to four choices that they will use because at the end of the day, all these call center agents have figured out that they only needed two or three choices 
uh, that the, uh, and that was based on their relationships or based on their experience or based on what they liked. They, they didn't even need 100 choices. And not only that it was a, a question of um, you know, making their job stressful, but it was also the fact that it was slowing them down to the fact that they were not able to serve their customers because they had to deal with all these hundred choices that the system system was offering them. So I think simple design is something that, that not only touches emotions, but also helps people motivate to do uh, their job faster because they are um, connected with it and they're engaged with it, but also it allows them to... Um, uh, serve their customers better and and have a better profit and and I think this this example that I'm quoting from a cu- customer is is a true example because when we came in here we were asked to do completely different task which was not related to this problem at all but using design thinking we were able to figure out that they needed a simple design on the on on the you know frontline staff side. Thank you, Sana. Tom, anything you want to add on this one since this was your point? You know, we've covered it, uh, trying to keep it simple. I, Again, I feel we've all got great opinions here, and it just depends on where you fit in the industrial world today in terms of whether you're seeing a complicated interface or whether you're seeing a simple interface. And, it, and we can all change it. I think that's the main thing is that we are trying to adapt to what I call tweener technologies, but in between mm-hmm. the evolution. So what feels difficult about things is the changing environment around us and we're trying to adapt to it that's what doesn't feel simple even if the technology we're interfacing with even if the experience we're interfacing with is simple it's in transition and that's i think one of the things that makes it feel less than simple Mm-hmm. Good, good points. Uh, Martin Wazowski, I'm looking at your notes from before the show, and I'd like to go in. I think this is a direction we haven't really covered much or at all on the show so far. I'm going to read these notes, and then you can jump in. Culture change within an organization to reflect the new design-centered realities requires a simplicity coalition. I'm going to put that all in capital letters, Martin. A simplicity coalition that has to answer three key topics. Number one, why is the user experience you? important. How is design my job? And we've been touching on that a little so far in the conversation. And what can I do now? You want to tie this all together for us, please, Martin? This Simplicity Coalition sounds exciting. It actually sounds fun to me. What do you think? I think so. It's it's both fun and a a huge challenge that we're walking into uh, or in the middle of it. it reflects back on, on having a strategy, uh, as, as Sana talked in the beginning there. Uh, it's not only saying, okay, let's make everything simple. Okay, how do we do this? Um, and your question before, uh, do you have a team in front of you? You want them to deliver something on Friday. Well, I think if you have a big corporation uh, like we do and you have thousands and thousands of employees, I, I'm pretty sure uh, not all of them would, you know, reach up a hand and say, yes, I know, if you ask them why is UX important. You need to work with that. You need to show the economy and the value for your customers, for your, for your partners. Uh, you need to show how you actually bring simplicity through design, as we have discussed already by, by demystifying, humanizing it, and, you know, putting the users in the center. And you need to show these examples. Okay, this might be good. This might be bad. What's your opinion? And this is first 
then when they that they understand you know mm-hmm. okay this user experience thing it's actually driving our business it's driving a quality of our product it's keeping it's retaining customers this is something that i also do maybe um so that's the first point if you get people into that bubble because it's it's a growing amount of people if you imagine that in a bubble they go, okay, okay, Martin, I understand why UX is important. I get the first, first big important question. Why am I doing this? Why are you driving us into design thinking and such things, such methods? Good. But then they say, you know, nice, but you guys, you have a whole department there that designers, user experience experts. So how is that my job? Uh, and this is, I think, the trickiest. This is the glue between the, all these three points. Uh, if they understand that it's important, they gladly leave it to you because then you take care of it and everybody will be happy. And this is when you need to shake things up, I think, and say, look, everything we do is very, very complex. It's a whole system of things. And I think Sana said you know, that UX is not user interface. It's not the surface or a shape of a product. It's actually how it behaves, how it feels, how it works. And in a system of things, this must be produced, this must be designed, invented, and everybody contributes to that. And you need to point at these points where everybody plays a role. If you're working on a database, if the database is faster and you're really, really geeking out on making that happen, you're probably making the analytics for something work faster for this uh, accountant. This accountant experience, in the end, your software is better, is more purposed to what they do. Now you contributed to user experience. This is also your job. So then you answer the second question, how this is your job. So people might then think, okay, UX is important. Actually, I'm contributed to it, although I'm not a designer. So it is my job. I hope then, then they say, good, Martin, give me something to do, enable me. And I think the last question, what can I do now? It's a natural mm-hmm. question from, from the teams and colleagues coming in and saying, Where's, what's the methods? What's the best practices? What, what tools can we use? You know, who, who can we contact? And you need to be prepared. You need to have not only this, this strategy with these three questions, but you need to have the tactics and the tools and, and the methods in place and say, right, here's a design thinking room. Here's a coach. Here's a customer you will meet. They will tell you a lot of interesting stuff. You better listen because it's important to them, therefore to you. Now get in there, get educated, read a book about it, and here are the books. Enable people to act. But also give them time. I think uh, in the business of design, you probably are also in the business of innovation in your company. And innovation requires these, this DNA of, of experimentation, of, of you know, uh, exchanging ideas, of, of questioning status quo. And if people don't have time to do that, they cannot do, they cannot act on this, on this UX requirement, on, this, on the job that they feel it's theirs. So you need to bring that to them too. And that probably means that you maybe need to reorganize. You maybe need to find resources to drive this. So it's not an easy thing. It's actually a complex thing. But I try to summarize in these three simple points. Why is using important? important? Answer that. How is it my job? Answer that and enable people so they can act now. So this is how it all comes together for me at least. 
Thank you, Martin. Very eloquent. I appreciate that. I have a question for you before. And by the way, I think we're going to skip our break because there's just too much going on here to, to stop this great conversation. My question for you is how do you know when you're done? How do you know when you've reached simple? When do you achieve simplicity in design and it's ready to go? And what if the customer comes back and says, well, not quite. And the market says, well, we kind of sort of like the original Coke better than the 15 different varieties. Could you go back to what you did 40 years ago? We really love it. And, and is it a never ending pro? Is there ever an end? Is there ever an end point and you, you, uh, shake your, clasp your hands together and say, ah, we did it. We're done. Are you ever done with simplicity, Martin? And then I want Sana and Tom to join in. What do you think, Martin? Uh, good question. And I think there's two perspectives on it. Uh, first, you have to have the perspective of your product or the service, whatever you put in the market. And that must be done. That must be as simple, as purposed as it only can be for the time frame you imagined. And to do that well, you need always this longer perspective, this sky vision, this liquid vision, and this solid vision that bring the products out from this sky vision thinking down to the next quarter where we, you will deliver something. And this is when you're done with the simplest thing you can do right now. And to do that well, you need a longer vision to, to, to track. I call it innovation curation. You cure, you moderate that basically throughout the functions and roles in your departments together to bring these designs out to the market. So there's one perspective. Yes, there's an end to it. And the other one is never. <laughs> never end to it. Uh, and I, somehow we touch it already. Uh, since the world is getting more complex, and it will get more complex, and if you look at the data we're collecting from the, from the users and the people around us, it will tell us even more and more sophisticated insights will come out. So as soon as you're done with one thing, you have to start with another. So no, it's not only a process for product uh, delivery. It's a culture. It's a whole program. It's a way of existing as a company, and it's a way of keeping innovation alive all the time, every day. And since it is every day with everyone, it is a culture. So simplicity, it's a culture, not only a delivery state or a quality you can measure now, then you're done. Thank you, Martin. Sana Salam, I'm eager to hear what you have to say. When do you know that you're done or are you ever? I believe that we are all on a journey. I believe that um, we are never wrong. I believe that we, when we know better, we do better. So as we go through this simplicity journey or innovation journey, uh, as we test our products or as we use our products, we get better insights. So we're always improving. And the, the, the fact of the other fact of simplicity is it, it allows us to change faster when we get new insights. So it's, it's going to be always a journey and keep keeping us aligned with the new changes we are facing. But I think I want to go back to one of the points that Martin mentioned uh, before about uh, about the culture and, and how hard it is to to make simplicity as part of the culture. So I, I want to say one thing here is that companies are still thinking in terms of budget. And the way projects are done, or the way products or services are launched, they are all tied to a budget. And maybe that's the problem because 
budgets are, uh, that's where, you know, the, the IT discussions and the budget discussions come in. I think it should be all about the value argument, thinking about what's the value, what's the value of this service or this product. And once we think about the value argument, we are able to then tie UX into it very, very easily. Um, and, and if we're just making every conversation about budget, then we have a problem because we are mm-hmm. – um, thinking in in our old uh, ways of doing things and the same old methodologies and it's very very hard to drive ux in that way this is why you always need a change agent who is an influential person in the company to drive this or to initiate this change and then uh, really drive the culture by using other change agents within the firm uh, across the board top down bottom up and and uh, you know cross uh, um, uh, way, uh, collaboration. So I really believe that it's a culture, and but it's also a journey, and I believe that it has to be done through a value argument, not a budget argument. Thank you. Really good insights, on. I just want to bring out one of your uh, talking points here that we didn't get to, just to put this on the table, but I want to have time for Tom to respond to, to what Martin and you just said. You say the key workings of design thinking are empathy, we've already covered that one, visualization, co-creation, and rapid prototyping. I'm just going to leave that on the table, and this is a note to David Fowler, who's the sponsor of this Future of Business with Game Changers series. Dave, we might want to come back and have a show around these four key workings of design thinking because this is an entirely new topic, and I know we don't have enough time in the next six minutes to get it done. So, Sana, thanks for this note. I think we'll just save this for another time. Tom Lamar, talk to us. What do you think about uh, about what we're discussing? When are you done? Is it a business discussion? Is it a budget discussion? Talk to us. It's a great question. I believe evolution is a constant. I believe that the universe is design by the nature of evolution as things unfold i think buckminster fuller said something to the effect of i do what needs to be done after all it is how the universe is designing things and we talk about everyone as a designer we talk about simplicity and one of the things that sauna said earlier that i thought was wonderful is is that nature is simple in its own core And I agree with that principle. We are complicating things. Simplicity is already here, and we are trying to get out of the way of it. Let's look at simple forms, the simple shape of a planet or a a star or every sports ball. They're all spheres. And Buckminster Fuller took a year of silence to understand the geodesic form. He finally realized that two bubbles – touch each other, and they create a flat plane. These are simple, simple forms that are sitting in front of us all the time. My opinion is that we continue to discover new things by looking at simplicity and not overcomplicating things. So I don't think design or simplicity are ever done. Half of it is a perspective that we take. The other half of it is is an object, an experience, UX that we produce. Thank you, Tom. You know what? We are going to slide into home plate here with our predictions round. I can give each of you only 90 seconds, but we've said so much about the future during part during the conversation. So just let's have one or two quick predictions. Don't, don't go too short, but 90 seconds. Can you fast forward this conversation to 2020 or what do you see in the crystal ball? Sana Salam at Sodala Solutions. 90 seconds. Give me your best predictions, please. Go. 
yes. So I think that the simplicity is design is a first step on, on a big journey that we are all on. And that is that the next level of breakthrough will result from understanding the human spirit, our inner wisdom, and our inner emotions, our soul needs, which means uh, that it won't be about more features or a bigger car or bigger TV. It will be about our spiritual needs. So if you're designing an HR solution, maybe something that will improve your willpower. So that's an example. And I think simple design is the first step towards it because it's, it's tied to our emotions. Thank you. There's that emotions word again. It just it, it's, seems something that historically we wouldn't be saying business and emotions. You know, they leave your you leave your emotions at the door when you go to work. And now we're saying bring back the emotions, bring back the empathy. But that's part of the whole design thinking trend. And I think it's a great trend. Thank you, Sana. Let's hear from Tom Lamar at Think. I love the way they're all in capitals. Do they stand for something, Tom? Or is, is it just the word think emphasize, think interactive? Uh, that's part of the brand of the company. They've been around for 20 plus years and work with huge clients like SAP and Coca-Cola to do global technology solutions with design thinking at the core. But in 2020, 2025, my prediction is simple. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mobile devices, computers, technology that we carry, put in a bag and move from place to place are going to disappear. I believe that technology is going to begin to embed itself in our car, our home, our clothing, and we will be able to walk more freely and be more natural, talk into the air, ask for information. The systems that are all being developed today are going to be ubiquitous in all of the other normal aspects of daily life. That's my prediction. No mobile devices. Very exciting. I talk to myself and talk into the air all the time, Tom, and nobody answers me. So I, th- I think I'm already there. I don't know. It's something that comes with advancing in years. I'd like to think it's maturity, but maybe it's something else. Thank you very much. Martin Wazowski, I'd love to hear your predictions. I have, uh, yeah, 90 seconds for you. Go ahead, Martin. Great. Uh, Tom, I believe your prediction, and I think it will play along with uh, uh, contextuality. Uh, I think we retrieve data, we read data, we present the status of it. I think we are moving into this contextual collaborative data processing that will be embedded around us, and we can see signs of that. We can see something like Google Now, Siri, IBM, and Apple, uh, and Twitter collaborating, Samsung and the company Everything. The value will be this natural movement through your life, through your business. And this is uh, what we will deliver. And I'm not sure, exactly like you, that we need devices or displays to do that. And it's coming back to the simplicity of being natural in your life with your body. And this is what will happen. And I think also to deliver that. We need a new culture at work, and this is what I touched upon before, because we need new ways to educate new workforces, to connect them around complex problems uh, of tomorrow, because they will be complex. And that will bring so much smarter and simpler solution. Uh, So coming from simplicity, well, from complexity, we will maybe go to something called simplexity uh, (laughs) with the workforce that will solve this for us. So, yes, it will disappear through this new way of thinking and new cultures. 
Thank you, Martin. I have a quick bonus question, and I mean quick with a yes or no answer from my three panelists, please, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Question is, generational differences in the workforce today. I've been told on, on many of our shows, we have five generations working side by side, shoulder by shoulder, brain by brain in the workforce today. So the quick question is, is the older generation or the boomers and the, I don't know what we're calling people in their 50s today, 40s today, will they get, will they buy into this design thinking or will they be resentful that the the uh, status quo is being shaken up quickly? Yes or no, Sana? Yes, definitely. Oh, good. Okay. Surprise. Tom Lamar. Yes, I see it in action every day. One, oh, I have so much hope now. I certainly do. And Martin Wazowski, what do you think? Yes or no? Let's boost that. Absolutely yes. Oh, my goodness. We have a triple play here. Thank you very much. I have my own prediction. Starting next Tuesday morning, we're bringing on yet another brand new series called Business Innovation with Game Changers. So this is the end of our broadcast week. We had five live Game Changers shows this week for the first time. But starting next Tuesday, here's what we're going to have. Transforming Your Business at 10 a.m. Tuesday Eastern. We're going to have Business Innovation launching at 12 noon Eastern. That's Tuesday, Wednesday, Coffee Break with Game Changers, 11 Eastern. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, 3 p.m., we'll be back with the Internet of Things, 3 p.m. Eastern. On Thursday morning, we'll have Innovating Innovation, and on and on the story goes. Thank you, Sana Salamat, Sadala Solutions. Lovely to meet you, Tom Lamar. Think Interactive. Pleasure to speak with you. And Martin Wazowski at SAP. Go have that port and cheese and the bread with the honey. We'll all be right over. Shout-outs to Dave Fowler and Mark Labez. I hope I pronounced your name right, and Katie Mosher. Thanks for the great tweets at SAP Services. Brad and the business channel team a big hug thanks for five great hours of radio this week i'm bonnie de graham and here's my call to action fasten your seatbelt. what are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today right now get it got it good talk to you next week bye bye thanks again for tuning in to the future of business with game changers presented by sap the best run businesses run sap to keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.